welcome to another edition of Packy Chat. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. It's been several weeks since we had a, a new podcast out. Uh, the pandemic's really kind of hitting home for everybody. Uh, things are tight here for all of us, uh, busy at work. All of zoos here feeling the feeling the effects of uh, the pandemic and the quarantine and everything that's going on. So hope everyone out there that listens to us is doing well and uh, hanging in there and getting through this. Anyways, this week uh, got something a little different. Instead of just listening to the four of us yammer back and forth uh, for an hour, we got uh, a handful of guests. We actually has, have seven people joining us, representing four different facilities, uh, a whole plethora of background, uh, different um, you know, different uh, roads to get where they're at now, uh, somewhat different philosophies, different uh, experiences, backgrounds, all that stuff. But these uh, seven people were kind enough to take time out of their busy schedules to uh, sit down and uh, talk to us for a while. And we cover a wide range of topics this week, uh, everything from, you know, just general elephant management to training new staff to communication and a little bit of everything. And this is the first time we're kind of trying this format and seeing how things go. So again, as I say every week, if you like us, let us know. Give us some feedback on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, or on whatever, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be uh, iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or whatever. Um, give us some feedback on there. Give us a rating because that helps us. That helps us down the road with things. Uh, if there's things you want to hear us talk about, different topics, different things, uh, again, send uh, send us a, a note on Facebook Messenger or make a general post on Facebook. Really appreciate hearing people and having people reach out to us and uh, give us feedback. Let us know how it's going. Let us know things they want to hear. We have a little line with things that people are interested to hear uh, we're just trying to come up with uh, some ways to discuss them and maybe find some people uh, that might be good to have on for it again I want to thank the uh, seven people we had come out and join us this week we appreciate it uh, appreciate it very much uh, that they were able to take the time uh, and uh, talk to all of us but anyways enough of me talking let's get to it thanks again for everyone that listens we really appreciate it we just thought it'd be cool to get uh, kind of diverse group of people with different backgrounds from different facilities that kind of are doing things in a good way to get on to talk to elephants. Uh, it's it's cool. super, super informal. What's made you successful? What do you think is successful? What do you wish you could do that, you, that you're not doing now? Um, where do you hope to be? Things like that. So uh, I don't know if we're successful yet. I mean, that's definitely the goal for us. Um, you know, we don't prescribe to any a philosophy or anything like that. You know, we're all about elephants, just like you guys are. Um, we want to have a program that um, takes care of elephants well and, and uh, supports the population and, uh, and, and actively contribute. We don't just want to talk about it. We want to actually be doing something to help you guys out and help everyone else out. Um, so, you know, we're, we're moving into a, a nice new facility these days. Uh, we got some good elephants that we're enjoying, and uh, hopefully down the road we'll get some more, and we'll keep building this program. So uh, we're having a lot of fun where, where I'm at. What do, you, what do you hope to, you know, where do you see yourself in five, five years? Where do you see the program? You know, that's a good question. Um, when, it, we, when we first started talking about kind of setting ourselves up for where we are now, um, we really looked at it as more of a deconstruction of what we had and a building up of something new. And, um, you know, there was a lot of talk of being a, a breeding program and contributing that way. And that's still very much on the table. I know that the folks that, uh, that run the zoo, that's something they would love to see for sure. Um, but, you know, that's not the only way we contribute. I think that um, we, we designed our, our setup in a way that we can, we can house multiple bulls, we can house uh, cows, and we can have babies too. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can contribute and help out. Um, so, you know, honestly, I would be hesitant to say one direction versus the other right now. I think that we have a pretty wide uh, lens is kind of where we're looking to go. Um, as long as we're continuing to evolve and improve uh, moving forward, um, I'd be happy where we are in five years. And where, where do you see the elephant industry evolving in the next five years overall? I know at your place you have specific goals, but what about the whole overarching? Um, you know, that's a good question. I think... Um, you know, for me, I would say that a lot of it would, 
would include a lot of the, the more of the focus on, on how do we get these populations to grow. I think we all know that uh, the elephant population is, isn't doing great, right? And I think that uh, the more we can work together to, to get that achieved, the better. Um, obviously, you know, not everyone works, works great together, but most people do. And I think we can definitely improve on that. And um, I think the more we do that and the more we can focus on elephants and keep that at the center of, uh, of the conversation, I think the better we'll be. Yeah, you had a really interesting point. You know, I agree that we all have to work together. Um, does anybody have any, you know, stories or um, some examples of some of the challenges they've had working together within the elephant community and some successes that we've had in collaborations and working together? Does anybody have anything they'd like to share about that? That's good. I guess there's been no challenges. I, I think I think as an industry, we're 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 really in a good place. We're in a better place now than we were several years ago. You know, you see, in the thirty-ish years I've been doing this, we see where things are going real good, and then there's this division, and then they're real good, and then there's this division for whatever it is. And I think we're at a place right now where where I think more people are on a similar page or at least open-minded enough to listen to everybody's stories and, and philosophies to, to try to be successful without having too much judgment. And I think, I think we're in a, we're in a better place than we were five years ago. That doesn't mean we're in a great place, but I think we're in a much better place than we were. I mean, you know, look, I, I often say that I refer to this a lot is last year's EMA was so diverse. The, the, the speakers were so diverse. And the conversations after were so uh, uh, energetic and open. Five, ten years ago, no way. The people would have, one, never had the courage to give talks that they did. And two, the, the people listening would have just been too critical of what, what was said. And I think last year was a clear example of how we're kind of growing and becoming more unified and a better organization, industry as a whole, not an organization, but an industry as a whole. Uh, and I hope we just keep going that way. You know, I think that, you know, for my previous, my institution I'm in right now, what's interesting is that having a lot of facilities um, expanding their elephant programs, expanding their space for elephants, and we need elephants, or there's a few other places that are expanding a little bit too fast. We have elephants available to be moved around. I see that a lot of elephants being moved between institutions and that is automatic collaboration. You know, you're sending elephants to another facility and they're your animals. You're worried about them. You have your philosophy, how you care for them. Now you're gonna hand your, you know, your precious cargo over to another facility. Um, recently my facility went through something like that and starting off there's discussions about visiting each other and kind of feeling each other out for philo about philosophies. A lot of times, um, like five years ago, It'd be preconceived ideas even before you step foot into a barn. And then you'd be looking for reasons um, to be different. But now, you know, and, you know, now I want to talk about names, but there's somebody on this call that was on the other receiving end of this as well. And I found out that um, it was quite easy um, to get together and talk about that. Were we exactly the same? No. Were we that different? Not really. But having those open discussions enabled to share elephants um, benefited both facilities greatly. Quite honestly, I didn't even know if I'd still be, our facility would be in the elephant business if it wasn't for this other facility working together with them. Um, I know some of the other, other, um, the other people have elephant skin from another facility for that. Any, um, you know, challenges or stories that you think that really helped your program by seeing another side um, or never view of an elf program they never saw, not only in discussing at an EMA conference, but actually seeing it out, come out in the elephants themselves. Yeah, I, I think um, obviously visiting lots of different facilities and having the opportunities to spend a lot of time um, like I have with some of you guys um, and seeing exactly, you know, what it is you guys do and I always try and take back information about like, hey, that, that looked cool. Let's go back and try and see if we can make something like that work for our herd or our facility or our program. And I think just having that 
willingness to like learn and always being open to new ideas is really, really helpful. Um, cause yeah, sometimes you, you do get tunnel vision. You only see things in a certain way. Um, cause you're so focused on it day in, day out. Um, but yeah, I think definitely like just having exposure. I think I've spent time at all of your facilities. Uh, well, except for two, three, my bad. Um, and there's not a single place I didn't take, we didn't take any ideas away from. There's been lots of cool collaborations in that, in that regard. Just being able to reach out to people in the community has been really helpful. Right now we have Teenage Bull who is causing hell. Um, but it's been really nice to be able to just send out a quick email, a quick text to somebody and say, hey, have you got any ideas about this or this? Um, also, uh, like EHV management, obviously, I know there's been lots of cases um, around the country um, in both Africans and Asians. And just being able to like, have open dialogue with people that you may not have normally had a lot of conversation with, but just knowing that they've gone through something and they've got, they've left, they've learned the lessons and you just want to get all that information as much as possible. So you can try and make it work for you and your herd. I think that's really important. <clears throat> just a couple of things is, you know, visiting other programs, I think is very important. You know, we're all, no matter what program you're in, we're all baking our own cake, right? And we all have our own ingredients that makes our program successful. It may not be the same way that another place does it, but you might take one idea from that program to, to bake your cake. You know, I get asked all the time, you know, how's it going with you out there? And I said, man, you know, we're baking a cake and everything's from scratch, but I'm going to take all the little bits and pieces that I've learned over the years from everybody on this call um, and try to make the best situation I can for the elephants. And I think that's just the, that's where I think we've come together as an elephant community because I think people are starting to realize that person X and person Y, at the end of the day, we're just trying to take the best care that we can of the elephants. And I think that's what's uniting us versus dividing us like before because I think people didn't think that certain people were taking good care um, or they didn't realize it because they hadn't been to the program or whatever the factor is, right? But I think we're all starting to realize that we're in it for the same reasons, we're in it for the same goals, and that's to save a species. And I think as, as long as we continue to have that attitude and that mentality, um, how you bake your cake and what ingredients you use, you know, we're all gonna do it a little bit different. At this point, we're all in PC, so it is what it is, right? Um, but you just gotta do what's worked, what, what works best for you, you know? Yeah, I agree, I think that, you know, what I'm seeing, at least from my little window, is that I feel like, and you guys kind of touched us, touched on this a little bit more uh, earlier, was I think we are kind of seeing this, this focus more back on the elephants and less towards, less on the individual philosophies. I think people are kind of realizing we need to refocus and, um, you know, support each other more. And I 100% agree. I think that um, you can, uh, interpret other institutions one way or hear about one thing someone's doing or not doing but um, until you actually go there and see what they're doing um, you know you're not really getting the, the full thing right and I think I totally agree I think any place you go you're going to pull something out of it you're going to be able to take that back and apply it somehow to your program I mean, we're all forever growing and learning in this industry um, that doesn't stop and I think we can always continue to evolve and improve yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And it, it's crazy, like, like, why do we even care what other people are doing at their program? You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it's consumed this, it's consumed the elephant industry quite a bit, at least it had in, in years past, you know, to worry about, about, you know, what's doing in, at his place and how he's managing those animals. And I meet people through PEM and at EMA and, and see the passion they have when they talk about their programs and just know that, they're doing everything they can uh, that they know how to, to do the best for those animals, you know? Sometimes, some programs, yeah, might be limited in their resources and stuff they can provide, but they're doing the best they can. And, and I think everyone on this call would agree that, you know, we could all, I know, I hope and wish I could always do better. There's always better, you know? I think we're, we're pretty successful, but 
never really happy. I always want to do better for the elephants and better for my team and better for, you know, the facility I work for. So we're always striving to do better. Um, the more that we do EMA and get to see other facilities, it just really solidifies, you know, how good uh, people are, programs are moving and progressing forward. Oh, and I, I think PEM's a big, uh, I think that's helped over just the last several years as well, because again, I think I've met pretty much everybody on this call at PEM one way or another, right? And I think just coming together in a big, big room like that uh, has helped as well, because it, it makes you realize we're all in this for the, for the same goal, right? We're all pulling on the same road. That's right. You know, it's funny, we are, but you know, to the point of why people care what other people are doing. I mean, you know, I, you know, I don't want to put us all in this, in, in a little square box, but you know, there's, there's a certain personality type that if we went through and did the science behind all of us and everybody who's in this business, we know there's a certain um, personality type and a, and it's a bit ego driven. So we are all in this for the same reason, but a lot of us want to be <laughs> correct and right. And, uh, and be able to be credible. And, and there's times where, you know, if you think people are doing it, resources are limited or, or, you know, you see people making mistakes that you've already made and things, you know, that's where it gets tough because, you know, we are a passionate group of people and you have to, you have to balance that, that the ego and the passion for the sort of the big picture, I think. And, and, you know, you certainly don't want to watch people make the same mistakes you made and have to learn the same thing you do. We, we always wish that we could share our successes and our failures a little bit better to benefit the elephant. But, you know, there's always going to be a certain amount of that. And, it, and I think a certain amount of it is, is healthy. Uh, you know, to the point earlier is there's a lot of this over the years that it hasn't been healthy and it has been counterproductive to the business. And right now I think we're in a, you know, we're not in a perfect place, but we're in a better place where people do feel like, I do feel like there's more, uh, I mean, the focus, I guess the focus is more on the, the bigger picture. I think there's more cooperation, there's less animosity, there's less bickering and arguing, frankly, you know, when we, when we get together and, and talk about things. So I think that's a really great step. Uh, hopefully that continues, but, um, but, you know, we are who we are. And, and part of the reason why we, we bring this baggage with us is the same reasons we chose this career. So, um, and, and frankly, the same reason why a lot of us are, are really good at what we do and, and, you know, people on this call and otherwise. So it's, it's a tough balance. It's, it's, we're a dysfunctional bunch, but um, it works. Well, I think a lot of that is in part due to the culture that those of you who are PEM instructors have really laid. I mean, you guys have developed that openness and that communication and you have set your ego aside and had those ears that are open to listen to what's going on in other facilities. And, you know, I think in part leading by example has truly helped tremendously because this past EMA was the most, I think I've networked and shared with others who come from a very different background and learned so much. And I think that really you guys have done a lot to help that. One thing that we talked about too, um, we have a variety of different programs represented here is that, um, we don't see people staying in this industry as long, I think, as they used to. And try to put our you know, finger on it is that what is it about elephants? Um, do you, is there a perception out there that an elephant keeper career is very short? And why are people leaving the industry? Do you guys see in a high turnover in your programs? And what are you things that we can do to try to get people committed these animals for a long period of time you know so do you get broken down like I mean uh, for me I, I I think you know the the average turnover rate is 10 percent a year for any business right so if you look at that and you have a team of 10 you're going to lose one person a year just by the law of averages right but I also think <clears throat> there's a, obviously a lot of other circumstances we're zookeepers right we're not doing this for money uh, it's a passion-based uh career so i think sometimes people have the passion but they can only do it have the passion and you know eat wheaties every night for dinner for so long you know <laughs> so i think i think that's part of it too and also you know not trying to be sexist but you know our industry is is uh, moving more towards women women have families women have children you know they have a lot of other responsibilities um that they have to do <clears throat> other than take care of animals so i think some of that is, uh, is it as well you know People have children and they say, hey, that's more important than, than shoving elephant poo, you know. Um, so I think that's part of it. You know, it's, there's, there's many things, but 
Um, for me, I think I would just look at the typical turnover rate of any business and then the pay. I agree with that. And I started out in marine mammals and it was kind of the same thing where people would get into it thinking it was the super glamorous job. And then they realized how much grit actually went into the day in and day out. And I think it's the same thing in elephants. You know, there's so much heavy lifting, moving, pushing, pulling, and emotion that goes into that, that in order to have the stamina to, to last as long in this, in this um, career choice as most of us have, you have to have that driving passion specifically to care for those animals. You know, we get into people that want to care for any kind of animal and elephants would be really cool, but then they realize that it's, it's way more work than they wanted and they're happy just to go play with something smaller. And then they can pick and choose. There's so many easier routes to go than grunting in the sun all day. Right, and, I, and I, think, I think a lot of people love animals, right? Oh, I love animals. I have you know, my cat at home. But to be a professional animal trainer, keeper, whatever you want to call us, like that's a, that's a whole nother level. That's, a, that's me going to the, to, the, to the park and saying, I love basketball, and then trying to play in the NBA. Not going to happen, right? <laughs> so I think that's a whole nother caveat to it as well that you hit on that I think is a great point. And I think there's also the factor of how long lived our animals are. There is so much more to it than, you know, a Tasmanian devil that we're going to have for four, maybe five years. And, and we cycle through them so much faster. And so there's already that knowledge and capacity to kind of shut down part of the connection with your animals. You know, if you already recognize that it's three years old, they're geriatric and they're not going to be around much longer than three more years versus an elephant that should be outliving me if it's born within my career. There's that whole other aspect of how much more emotion and effort that we feel we have to put into that in order to make sure that they have a happy, fulfilled, successful lives in and of themselves. Well, I also think that as we have people who phase out of their careers, which we're experiencing now, um, opens the door for new to come in. And on top of that, I think that inviting those new people to have a seat at the table is, is vastly important because that inclusion is going to help them have that buy-in. And we're going to teach them through our example of what we've been doing our careers that this is how you take care of elephants. I think that that's important. Yeah, I, I, I always say my beard would still be brown if I spent my last 25 years hosing the walkway off in the aviary. You know, I, I'd probably be in way better shape than I am now. I doubt that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so you, you, sp you were speaking of transitioning, phasing out the old, <laughs> someone that's retiring. What uh, what do you guys think? I mean, she's barely gone, but what do you think? Uh, what kind of foundation do you have that you think is going to lead to success going forward without the ringleader? Hmm. Well, collaboration amongst one another, vastly important to us, making sure that we have a very strong vision going forward and that we're all in alignment to achieve that success that we set out in the beginning to, to do. I, mean, I, I think you guys are in a great spot that, that you're, you know, the, the core, at least the three, three of the four of you have been there for, you know, a really long time. And I mean, it's so great that you guys at least have a, a, a you know, a real good core there to, to carry on after. You know, it's happened multiple times in my career that, you know, when there's been transition in a program, you know, usually, you know, whether it depends on the program really, but you have those sort of, um, I guess, you know, most programs where you have that, you know, old timers or people that have been the stalwarts in the program for a long time. And I've had situations in my career, all the places I've worked where um, we follow those people, whether they leave while you're there or you come in after them or whatever. And I think, you know, it's, it's never a failure on the part of that person, you know, who's left or who's, who's cycled out. Um, it's, I think it's the duty of the people that are still there is to take everything that's good 
about that and everything that's been developed and achieved and then take that ball and continue to move it forward. And that's, that's the testament to every, you know, to, to the program, to the people, um, you know, then to just sit and continue to do what you're doing. I, I think it's the duty of everybody, certainly regardless of where you are in your career is to, you know, seize that as an opportunity for change, for positive change. And it certainly could be some, some, you know, things that are maybe con considered negative, but I think it's the duty of everybody is to continue to take those things forward and, and, and move it forward. That's, that's the true testament to, you know, a legacy of somebody who leaves and then the people who can appreciate that legacy, but know that there's still more work to do and, and can do it better. Well, I'll put you on the spot, Kat, seeing you came in after somebody left. How did you guys, uh, you know, what, did, what do you think was in place to keep you guys, you know, kind of going smooth and in a good direction after you've had some turnover and some change in a leadership position, both with someone leaving and then, you know, someone new uh, coming in that has an elephant background? Um, I think we had a strong, obviously, foundation and history with most of the animals in our, our herd. Um, some of them were newer than others, but I think we had enough of a foundation to rely back to, um, especially like training new people, getting them through um, to learn kind of the ropes of things. Um, we obviously always have a long list of goals. Um, and yeah, just being open to different ideas that are coming in because different people coming in have different experiences and just being able to talk about things openly and honestly and kind of bat things back and forth and kind of finding middle ground um, to try and move something forward. Maybe it's out of either person's comfort zone, but it's, it's reassuring to have someone that's, you know, understanding of where, where you've come from, where you're going um, and how you're going to get there. It was, it's sometimes it's hard to let go of some of like past things and like break out of that cycle of, oh, we've always done it this way. Someone leaving my facility, um, they were very encouraging of new ideas and letting people make some, you know, educated, risky decisions here and there um, on, on all sorts of different things. Just let's, let's try this. Um, so I think that really helps with the transition of new versus old versus new. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a process. It's still a process. It's always going to be a process. The more people you have on your team, the more you find out information about different things, the more you're going to have more questions and need to figure out answers to those questions um, and do everything you can in your facility with whatever limitations you might have to try and move forward in a, in a positive direction. Um, having that encouragement from person on their way out and as well as the person on their way in and support. A lot of times we have no problem reaching out to each other and ask, um, and talk about our challenges and where we need help and maybe even share some of our failures. But what's difficult at times is to talk about what um, we like about our programs we're proud of. Every single one of us have parts of our program that we are very much um, proud of. But we're reluctant to share some of those things. I would love to hear um, about the programs that we have here right now, some of the things that you think you did really well on. And if you had to give a brand new program, I guess an example of something that's worked really well for you that they might want to come and take a look at. What are some of those examples? Well, I mean, the one thing that I'm proud of in the process that we're doing is just the resiliency of, of the people that we have, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff, man, a lot of stuff and a lot of hours. And so to have people, obviously, like we said before, it's, it's a, it's a passion based industry. So I'm really proud of the resiliency of my, of the team and just what they're doing. We're not, we're not doing great things with elephants yet, you know, just very basic stuff, but building the resiliency with the people and the elephants and, and coming together as one team versus two and all of that is just, is just awesome to watch with my own two eyes. And um, I think the elephants are getting better care because of that. I owe a lot of, of the things I've learned in my success is to 
being open-minded and, and really pushing myself to want to do better. Like we talk about it all the time about not being, not being content with status quo, but from very early on, you know, I took advantage of all the zoos that were around me. I was lucky to be in Buffalo. So I was, you know, two hours from African Lion Safari, two and a half hours from Syracuse, an hour and a half from Rochester. At the time, Erie had, Erie, Pennsylvania had elephants. They were two hours, three hours from Cleveland had elephants. Toronto had elephants. <laughs> oh, forgot about you guys. Um, so we spent every weekend going somewhere. Every day off was, was around elephants, going to see other programs. And, and that did a couple things. It helped, it helped me, you know, add a lot of knickknacks to my toolbox so that when it came time to, to, to go to work, I had a toolbox with a lot of different tools in it. But it also helped me build relationships with people that I still to this day call and look up to and, and uh, you know, lean on for inspiration, for information, for all that stuff. But also, these things aren't cookie cutter. Like, I, I, I learned so much from Chuck and Charlie uh, early on in my career, still to this day, but early on especially. But that doesn't mean that my program and the programs that I work for were cookie cutter of Chuck and Charlie's. I learned something from everywhere I go. Um, people that have totally, back then especially, had totally different philosophies than I did about how to take care of elephants. I learned probably more from those places than I did from, you know, talking to people that, that have similar ideas uh, uh, as I did, because it allowed me to look outside the box and really push myself to do things differently and to really, uh, you know, push myself to grow, which in turn made the program grow and be better. So uh, a couple things I would say is be open to everything and everyone, because uh, everybody knows something you don't. You're going to learn from everybody you talk to. Don't be afraid to fail. As long as you're safe, be fail. I mean, failure is a chance to do it again with a little more information. So we learn from it. Uh, and just because someone doesn't do things the way you do doesn't mean you shouldn't talk and listen to what uh, they have to say, because I think they're going to they're going to have a big influence. Uh, sometimes they have the potential to have a big influence in what you do going forward. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, you know, last two people talked about it was nothing to do with elephants. It was more the people thing. One thing that um, I will, you know, add to that is that it was mentioned before about getting, having people have a seat at the table. You know, we talked about people moving on and laying a foundation. But if what we try to do is we try to have feeling it's their program. It's not the facilities program. It's not the zoo's program. You know, who's, we hear that all the time. The zoo lets me do this. The zoo doesn't let me do this. And trying to build a culture where we are the zoo and you sit down, whether you've had 24 hours worth of elephant experience or 24 years worth of elephant experience, they need to feel included. They need to feel that they have the right to say that. The thing that's really cool is that when we're talking about things that influence good elephant programs. Now we're three for three. We've had two people not even mention anything about the elephants. It's about setting a foundation, a culture with your, um, with your people. I think that our herd-based training is something that we have, that we can be very proud of and using our herd members to facilitate training. The calves have been very helpful for us. You're talking about the way maybe the adults support the calves or the grandma support the mama for natural birth, herd birth type thing. And so we've just taken steps every time to do things more naturally as far as calves being born and um, them just supporting each other versus separation or isolation or anything like that. And um, working the herd together so they feel more comfortable with each other and us. So I'll admit, when I hear um, you guys talk about your program, um, the thing I think is really cool about it is that um, um, I feel your program thinks outside the box on a consistent basis and exploring things that um, you're not afraid to try something new, not afraid to jump ahead, but be educated and informed in your decisions. So you talk about your herd training, they talk about that. Um, I, that's something I've always admired about your program that's real cool is that you don't look at necessarily, um, besides your staff as well, how can the elephants themselves help, help you succeed in your goals? 
go for that. So I think that's a, a really neat thing that hopefully, um, I'm, first of all, I'm jealous that you can talk about a grandmother and a mama. Um, I've never been able to talk about that yet. So that's awesome. But that's something that if I'm fortunate enough to ever be in that position, that's something I can refer back to and say, well, I know there's a program out there that really uses the generational thing of their elephants to allow them to be successful as well. So I think that that's a great point specifically about your program and how you guys really um, use that in your decision making. I think a lot of it has to be because we've been a facility that traditionally doesn't have a very large budget and we've had to make do with what we have over the years. And I think because of that, we've learned to be very creative with what we have. Yeah, need a movable wall? Put your elephant next to your elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Shift around. <laughs> I think on top of that, you know, we were talking earlier that the other few questions we didn't have, we didn't talk about elephants, right? We're not just herd-based training for our elephants, though, either. We're kind of herd-based training for our people, too. And we use each other and our experiences and our knowledge base to train in all of the new kids. So everybody that comes in also has to go through training with multiple, um, you know, permanent staff before they're actually cleared to do basically anything in our barn. So it's, it's herd-based training all the way around. It's people and elephants too, which is really cool. I'll take it back to the people again. I, I, I really do think that, uh, you know, if you're going to have a strong program, if you're going to have success, you have to have a strong team, right? I mean, they, they, they have to go hand in hand and that's just the way it is. And if you want to have longevity in your, in your barn and you want people to stay and you want people to grow and then be able to move to other facilities where they can contribute there, um, that all, all comes down to that team. It comes down to what was talked about before about everyone having a voice at the table, everyone being heard. I think that is just a huge thing. I think that, um, you know, I've seen people do that right, not just in elephants or in any kind of animal situation, right, where you got great managers, but maybe they're not a great leader. Or you got great leaders, but maybe they're not that great at managing. It, 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 it's a complicated thing that you kind of have to dance around. But when you get it right and you get a team that can uh, learn from each other, like you said, and uh, support each other, that's when all the good ideas come in. That's when everyone's watching each other. That's when the safety improves. That's when everything starts just to line up and uh, your program just continues to grow and get better. You know, I'll throw back to a um, more of an animal and program structure part. Hey, what's that? Is an Alan Iverson quote that you talk about with uh, practice? What's that quote? Yeah, it's just, he just says practice. Practice, practice. not a game, <laughs> not a game. We're talking about practice. <laughs> That's it. Just repeat that. So, yeah, I mean, the, just the theory of, you know, he could just show up on the game day and flip a switch. You know, there's very few human beings on this planet that can show up to work and just flip a switch, right? And that's why that's Michael Jordan. That's those types of people. Um, not all of us can do that. So that's the reason I get into that is just because of preparation. You have to be prepared for your job every day, mentally, physically, the whole thing. Um, you can't just and, you know, the elephants can't do it as well. You know, you just can't just flip on a switch and be, okay, we're going to be successful tomorrow. Same thing with the whole, uh, you know, PC and free contact, you know, way back when I first started in the 2000s, when people were starting to switch, um, late 90s, it, one, you know, like everybody said, one night you went home and, you know, you were free contact and the next day you came in and you were PC and you would flip the switch, right? Um, you know, that was such an outlandish goal for these programs, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so I, that, in a roundabout way, hell, you know, that didn't make any sense, but uh, you, you can't flip the switch. You know, these, these sports, uh, um, you know, for those of us who played sports or watch sports or have kids who play sports, you see them practice their plays over and over and over again. If you're in band, they play the same song over and over and over again. They might play, you know, my daughter's a cheerleader. They practice the same cheer all season long and they would practice it maybe 50 times their pep routine for one competition. So 
I think alpha programs can be a lot like that. You practice, 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 so that it's muscle memory, everybody's comfortable, they know their roles, the elephants know their roles, they know what's expected of them, they know that they're gonna get reinforced for it, they know they want you to do that stuff. So again, I would say, you know, good elephant pro program is very much like a good cheerleading program, good band, you know, um, good sports teams, you should practice, 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 so that when you, you, you don't want to flick that switch, when it's game day, you're ready for it and your elephants are ready for it. So here, here's a training thing. You're talking about sports and stuff like that. I'll just throw this out there and maybe that it'll, it'll lead to a, uh, a conversation. But um, I heard somebody say something sometime that um, decent hitters, when you're playing baseball, a, a decent hitter will make an adjustment um, for the next game, right? He'll, he'll strike out three times and he'll say, well, tomorrow I'm going to do this, right? And then a good hitter will make that adjustment within the game, right? Okay, I, I last at bat, I struck out. This is what I can do different. And then a great hitter will make that adjustment within the at bat. So they take a take a curveball and it's a strike. Okay, I need to adjust within the at bat. Um, and how do you guys see that with training? How do you adjust your goals and and what you do within your training sessions? And um, how do you you know how do how do you guys navigate that? If that makes sense. So. You know, for, for us, we often say that, you know, a few things. If we're adjusting, if we're making an adjustment after the at-bat, I say to myself and our, our team says to ourselves, am I better off now than I was before I walked into this training session? Meaning, you know, am I getting better responses? Was compliance at a, you know, where I wanted and, and so on. Um, if I'm talking about changing while I'm at the plate still, if I, if I give a cue, present a cue, and uh, I don't get a proper response, I might give the cue again. If I don't, and the criteria either goes down or goes up, then I'm making the change. If the criteria drops, then I'm gonna take a step back in my, in my process. If the criteria goes up, then I'm gonna push the next time I present that cue to ask a little bit more. So while I'm at the plate, while we're doing this, I'm reading this elephant to tell me what, what is next, what, what, what the next steps are. If, if my communication's poor, then clearly, the response and the criteria that uh, the information I'm getting back from the elephant is probably not going to meet my criteria. If my communication is good and it and we are meeting criteria, then I should probably push that animal a little more uh, to one make it uh, more resilient, or two to kind of really push to to maximize what what we're trying to get out of the out of this behavior. And I rarely look at things um, in a game by game thing. It's always at the plate or after the plate using your your reference but you know the game by game things we're going back to our goals and where, where we want to be what's important to us uh, uh as a team as a program uh, we don't just try not to train things willy-nilly we want to do things that are going to meet um a, a specific goal whether it's you know getting all our males to uh, be semen donors or getting ready for the next birth or getting you know, babies trained and doing stuff like that, meeting, meeting those goals. So that's how, that's our, our long-term thing. And, and the other thing, like I explained, is how we look at it, you know, during a session and after a session, how we evaluate. Uh, to piggyback on what you just said was, I think for, for us in training sessions, you know, if criteria is not met, um, they're there to give us feedback. Hey, your, your queuing was a little off, delayed, your bridge was off, you know looking at like some of the little stuff that you might not see when you're right in front of them focusing on one part of it um, and you might have missed something else that might not have been in your periphery but they might have seen um, and that's been really helpful for us especially when we're training uh, new stuff and getting new people worked into different animals or when animals the elephants are in a different stage of their learning with the behavior or whatever. I think it's really helpful to have an extra set of eyes and be able to look at it a step back as well, as well as, you know, trying to make those adjustments quickly. Um, if, if you're comfortable and you're, you know, you've been doing this a while, you're quick, quick to respond. Um, but having that extra set of eyes really helps. I think our, we had a, uh, a bad signal. You were just saying having, having somebody watching the, watching the training session to 
to be there as a, as a second set of eyes? Is that where we're going? Yeah, that's an uh, extra set of eyes. Uh, your backup, whoever's working with you with the elephant, they've got, they might be seeing a little bit more detail of what you might not be seeing when you're right up, up close with the elephant. Um, and it's been really helpful just to point out little differences and, you know, whether it's something, an idea you come up with as the trainer or the person giving you their, their perspective, um, trying to apply that quickly and seeing what works. Sometimes it doesn't always work and you got to come back to it a little later. One of the things that our team definitely struggles with is critiquing each other. You know, we, we, I think we do a lot of things really well and have a lot of success with a lot of different things. And I think if we could, if the team could be better, could communicate better with one another in, in that sense, they have no problem talking to one another and they, giving constructive criticism is definitely not their strong suit. So what do you guys do to help kind of build that? Because several people on here I know have, have programs that do, uh, that do that really well. So uh, in our program, we recently started doing this more. So uh, when I first started in the barn, uh, we didn't do it at all. Uh, you know, we'd watch the, you'd watch the person work that elephant uh, to get whatever it was that was accomplished, accomplished, uh, and it was done. And then you moved on to the next activity and that was it. Uh, one of the things we started when we moved into the new facility was, was having those discussions after after training and I think it's been it's been huge I mean they're not always well received but um, it's hard to hear negative things sometimes but I think it starts with uh, with myself it starts with the with the people kind of at the, at the top in the barn and um, kind of kind of filters down from there um, you learn real quick who the sensitive people are in the barn that's for sure they're not always people you think um, but yeah, I think it's a great thing. And I think the more conversation you can have around training with your team, uh, the stronger everyone is as a trainer and will grow to be as a trainer uh, in your program. You know, I think in our barn, it's nice when we have a conversation before we start a training session. So everybody's on the same page and we know what the expectations are. And we know as a trainer, if we're not hitting it, um, those around us are paying attention and like was already mentioned you've got that extra set of eyes helping out and there to give feedback but being able to talk about it beforehand really opens up the conversation to what it is you're looking for and then you know and the others that you had the conversation with help you hold, hold yourself accountable that really didn't go the way we thought it was going to go so i think going forward we'll do this and Anytime we're doing something that's new or different, um, following up with that conversation afterwards. What did you guys see? What did you think? What went well? And really trying to highlight the things that did go well, I think helps build that positive push forward and keeps people wanting to do better. You know, for me, um, there's two words that are very similar, but they can set very different tones and that's question and questioning it's only you know ing on the end you can ask your teammates a question and that sets a tone for the most part uh, most people are very receptive and share their view where they're going but if that same same teammate thinks that you're questioning them that sets a very different tone so it's a very um, um very very difficult skill to have is, this, is to be really energetic and really want to know where somebody's headspace is so you can understand and why they're doing things with elephants. Because we understand each other, we're going to be more effective. But it can easily come across as questioning. And then that's when it turns real negative at all. Um, you know, there's one quote that you said um, for years, I, I hear you say, and I'm paraphrasing, but you can let me know. It's always... Uh, assume good intent. Is that right? Yeah, I say positive intent. Assume positive well. intent, right? So uh, what that what is that's I always love that slogan. It's a really good thing, but we have to remember too that also doesn't give you the carte blanche to say whatever you want and saying, but you know it's coming from a good place. You know I mean good intent. 
so I can just say whatever I want. So it's that balance between um, um, seeing the perception that they're coming from is good from a good place, but also be aware that even your intent is to be coming from a good place. You're also not questioning them and doubting them as well. Um, a lot of times we try to focus on, um, uh, we call it, um, you know, criticism or, you know, um, critique it. And critique, we always think it's a negative thing. We also have to spend more time in saying some of the things that we like of what we see in the session as well, because um, you could say five good things during the um, session, but they'll remember that one thing that they're focused on is negative part. So um, you don't want to say good things just saying, well, I have to have do one ratio to make sure I'm saying good stuff. Really point out and make and need it, uh, mean what you saw is really good and why you thought it was really good. Uh, and so saying, yeah, that was, that was real good, but this is what I saw. So we trying to watch that, that language. Um, it's amazing how just a different one word and one phrase can really change people's mindsets. I was just going to add, so for our team, we do a lot of those things that are right around the immediate of, of the training session, but we have also done a lot of work. Um, you know, our former barn manager brought in lots of different people to help us learn to talk to each other by um, reading. We have barn copies. Each one of us got a copy of Crucial Conversation. Yes. There were lots of great group lessons in that. So we would, you know, have, you know, a month in between each meeting and we'd have a month to read a chapter or two and then we'd come back and talk about what we pulled out of each chapter. Um, and then we've done Dale Carnegie stuff together. There's a lot of things that we have done to not just work around the immediacy of the training session itself, but to build on how we talk to each other in all of those situations. In regards to uh, leadership and setting the tone for, for feedback, I, I don't think, I, th I think you can be more correct. You know, I mean, that, that's where it starts. Um, it starts with the, the, the leadership and setting the tone, setting the expectation, creating the open dialogue. Uh, beyond that, it's also about getting everybody to like speak the same language. And also, you know, we keep calling it um, buy-in, um, but for me, it's actually more um, alignment and understanding that everybody has very similar like core values, which I guess, again, is something that could be a take home for all of us from this, uh, the meeting. But, uh, you know, particularly in, uh, in my, in my barn, I guess, in the, uh, the program that I'm responsible for, uh, every time we have any sort of training session, anything involving any of the animals doesn't necessarily need to be, uh, just elephants. We've, um, We've created a culture of sharing, uh, of um, information sharing. And um, it's important that everybody understands that there's just like this diverse range of motivational needs. There's this diverse range of communication style and technique. It is, um, it's never intended to be uh, corrective, strictly constructive. And um, I think everybody realizes that it's, um, it's an opportunity to grow, to develop. Like even if you've been doing this 10 months or 10 years or 20 years, it doesn't matter. You're going to plateau at some point and you're going to rely on that team to communicate to you and help elevate your like level of training uh, to help you grow and kind of achieve those, those things that you're looking to do. So we, um, we're, I mean, my team is incredible. Number one, uh, I, I hope they think they're the best team out there because I really want them to have that like uh, go get them spirit, you know. Um, but they're incredible at communicating with one another. They're um, they're really inviting. We've had uh, visitors come in, uh, just come in recently, and we've had an opportunity to bring him into those sessions as well to to get some feedback from him. You know, um, it's. Uh, but again, you know, I, I think it it starts with getting everybody to to speak the same language. Uh, it starts with getting them all aligned and and understanding that there's a common goal and. That's kind of what a team does, right? A team works together to achieve a common goal, and that's what they're all there for at the end of the day. Now, the, um, the other thing that um, 
that's really kind of fun and interesting is we've also um, in getting everybody on the same page and communicating and speaking the same language, we've also kind of um, changed the the dialogue, if you will. So we we go from I don't know. We used to be really bad about like you know paying the elephants instead of reinforcing the elephants, and we've gone from working the elephants and now instead of that we're saying we we're going to step up with the elephants or we're stepping back with the elephants so it's just like um again it's just like a, a change of uh the culture in the barn which everyone uh is really aligned with and again i think at the end of the day it just creates a really successful team that is really cohesive they communicate great and they're all about kind of advancing themselves and uh the animals that they're responsible for you know you 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 said something that really that means a lot to me uh and how I look at things now, you know, you, you kind of define the difference between buy-in versus alignment. And sure, we can get people to buy into a program and you might have some success with them. But I've, over the years, I've become a big fan of Patrick Lencioni's talks. And he, he really focuses on, you know, hiring someone that's a better fit so that aligns with you already. Uh, you're going to get a lot more progress, uh, a lot more um, uh, production out of them than you would by someone that you have to create buy-in and, and make and kind of work to to believe in what you do so that's a really good point that having someone that aligns with your program and having alignment uh is definitely in my opinion better than buy-in and, and and yes you could have success with both things but i think i think uh what you said is is something that i agree with a lot more and i think you know going back you know many years ago or several years ago whenever you look at resumes you'd put a lot of a lot of weight in experience and now for me it's all about it's all about how they get along in an interview you know we don't do interviews with one-on-one -on -one people anymore now it's it's this it's a zoom call where everyone's looking or a facetime where everyone's looking and we we feel if this person is going to be a fit because i feel you can you can teach someone to train elephants they might not always be the best trainer um but but they're the best fit on the team, which means your team as a whole is going to be the most productive. So that's a great point. We, we've recently gone in the last like three years, we went through this transition where we had two uh, separate teams and we've, we've co essentially combined the team instead of having two separate teams of six. Now we have a team of 12. And again, you know, hats off, incredible team, highly productive, highly effective. Uh, I wouldn't want anybody else on the team. Sorry for anybody else who listens to this. I got the team I want. They're uh, they're doing a great job, but you know, uh, taking the idea and kind of um, extrapolating it out and looking at the entire elephant community. Right now, I'm uh, reading a book called Team of Teams, and it's like, if you haven't read it, I would highly recommend it. But basically, it's about four different special operations unit, like in the uh, middle of the uh, Afghan conflict, early in like 2003, 2004, and separately. The teams were, again, highly effective, highly cooperative, and they were just like these great teams. But when you ask them to work together, they were like awful. They did not get along. They did not communicate well. There was, um, there was no alignment between the teams. And um, basically, high-ranking officer decided, okay, well, I'm going to create this spider frame, like the spider network, where um, if you're on team A, you need to get to know somebody from team B. And if you're on team B, you need to get to know somebody from team C and so on and so forth until everybody on the team knew somebody else on the other team, but not just like knew them in a professional manner. They knew them in a personal manner. So they actually had like contact. They had a relationship, which is the same thing we do with, with our animals and like all of our friends and whatnot. You know, we build these really strong trusting bonds and relationships, which ultimately results in this like highly effective, effective, like operative team. And that's like, you know, one of the things, that's one of the um, small little things that I applied to merging teams. And, you know, if you're looking across your organizations, like how you're going to get everybody to work together and be um, effective and to communicate um, appropriately and to, to gain that alignment, you know, throughout your organization, or if it's just your specific program, or if we're looking at the elephant field in general, how we're going to... Uh, build that alignment i think it's going to come through those relationships and getting to know somebody from another institution or another zoo organization on a personal level not just a a professional level which you know ema pm 
other uh, other workshops out there are great places to start. But you know, this this Zoom call is kind of I think one of those the next steps for that. Thank you for once again listening to this edition of Packy Chat. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us again. Packy Chat's all about just conversation. Take things you heard, uh, things that might work for you, and use them. That's great. Things you don't agree with, well, that's okay, too. We're not here to tell you there's one way to do it. We're just here to start conversation and have some thought. Once again, thanks a lot for listening to Packy Chat. We appreciate you listening.